Hello, this is Melissa with Nurtured Canine, and this is my first pod ever. So I'm thinking about keeping these like 10 minutes long, you know, kind of delving into things, but not dragging it on. And I kind of want to keep it upbeat and not too rambly, which is, I think the whole point of a pod is to be rambly. I'm not 100% sure, but... I'm going to touch on, what's the topic today? The topic today is going to be rescue dogs. And why may you ask? It's because I kind of want to delve into some stuff that I see a lot. And I kind of want to just talk about how to start off on the right foot. And a lot of, a lot of things that hold people back when they get a rescue dog. So delving in. So the number one thing people do when they get a rescue dog, and this doesn't go for everybody, but I'm going to say like a good part of the population, they get a rescue dog, they don't set up, set up any boundaries with it. And a month later, when the dog gets more comfortable, uh, shit starts going downhill. So people feel sorry for the dog. They anthropomorphize the dog. They give the dog everything that it needs, but they're not really giving it um, the structure that it needs to thrive. So what you'll see a lot is someone gets a rescue dog, they go and they get a really, you know, cool collar from one of those dog stores that are all about bow ties and stuff. And, you know, they get a crap load of toys, um, give it a bunch of bones, whatever. And uh, it's just kind of like running, runneth free when it gets uh, back to the house and you know there's toys everywhere um it's eating whenever it wants it's free feeding because you know it was a stray or was a um you know if the dog came from an extreme hoarding situation and you know the dog looked very ill let's say they were like I want to give this dog food whenever it needs food whatever um and I don't really care because I feel bad and I want it to have the best life and I'm and I feel bad about all this trauma it went through so then we're doing all these things that may, is making us feel better, but doesn't make the dog feel better. So then, you know, the dog isn't being crated because we think that's inhumane and cruel. And then, you know, you come home one day and there's shit all over the house or your house is destroyed. And you're kind of like, I don't know, that's the best way to go about things. And then, or then you're like, okay, well, we're going to restrict the dog to one room and your door is chewed and your baseboards are chewed and it looks like the dog was trying to get out. So, or it's just, it's just bored and it's just chewing. So it's unsafe. It's harmful to the dog and a dog being in that state all the time is not healthy whatsoever. So, you know, then you're going, you're going on walks and you're letting the flexi lead runneth free again and it's going all over the place. It sees the dog, it's lunging, whatever. So, there's a lot going on here that is crazy and doesn't need to happen. You know, same with going to the dog park. Your dog isn't coming back. It's taking you 20 minutes adding on to the hour you're already there just to get your dog back. And it takes everybody in the park to, to you know, rally your dog up. To me, that sounds like a personal hell. Okay? Like, that is my version of hell. If you were like, what, what is hell to you? It would be my dog never listening to me. Um 
my dog pulling, my dog lunging, barking, just not respecting me. And I don't mean respect as in like a dominant way. I just mean as in like a relationship way. So that that's my hell in case you were wondering. So when people are in this a lot though, it's kind of weird because they get kind of numb to it. So they don't realize how bad it is until like it gets fixed. And then you're like, oh, I was kind of living a shit show the last couple months. Okay. Or years even. So my biggest advice to people getting rescue dogs is just don't humanize the animal because it makes everything so much worse and you will not get ahead doing that. The biggest thing you can do is when you get a rescue dog is um, crate it. Get a crate, get them used to the crate, make it a positive experience, have it with the door open, back tie them to the crate, whatever you need to do to get them used to it and uh, do that every day. And for the first few days, what I like to do is I like to just keep them in the crate. I feed them in the crate. I give them water in the crate. And then when then we go for a walk and we're just walking and then we go back in the crate for a bit. So it's just a lot of that. It's to let them watch the house go by, see what's going on, see how things run. And then uh, we get some more, they get more freedom as they get better. And as we trust them more and are training them, because as of right now, we don't really know the backstory on them. We don't know what's going on with them, right? I mean, we just get told things, but these things could be worse or better than what um, was said, in my opinion. It, it, it seems it's always a catch-22 in that. I don't really know until I'm with the dog for a bit, right? And I don't really know the dog until a month in. I will say that as well, especially with dogs just coming into your home and that have been, been rehomed a lot. They don't act how they would normally act until a month or two in. So it's important to remember that and kind of just stay... I wouldn't say stay on your toes, but I would just say, you know, I wouldn't say stay woke either. That sounds stupid, but just stay aware and and see if, if anything's kind of coming up. And, and these things can be very subtle as well. So just, just be aware. And I would just build your dog's confidence up, you know, really work on the engagement and the relationship with your dog, you know, work on your yes markers and your good markers and food drive, especially all the food coming from you. Um, should be from you, not from a bowl and not being free fed throughout the day. So if you want to work on things in the morning, then that's how they get their breakfast. People come some sits, some downs, some going to the bed, some tricks, whatever. And then they, they want to learn, they want to work for you because there's something in it for them. And they're not just getting food all day where they're like, meh, this, this sucks. Like, I, I don't really, I don't want, I want to do this. I don't want to work for this because I get it for free all day. So why would I work for it when I can just go eat my food now? So it's really important to know when you're setting yourself up for failure or for success. So like I was saying with the crate, especially, this is a really big thing. And I would be crating them as you leave. And I would just, I'd even have a camera on them because I like to know how the dog's reacting when I'm gone, especially if I don't really know the dog, because I just want to see um, if they're comfortable in the crate. Um, same with the leash. I always do just a normal slip lead. I don't really care for harnesses, but if you want to do a harness, then I guess that is fine for some dogs. They work, so that is fine, but you know, and, and don't be greeting other dogs. That's another thing people kind of get in there like, Oh, I'm, you know, my dog's unsocialized. Let's greet on the leash. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. And a good way to have a dog fight happen because the stress of the leash will actually cause a fight because of the pressure and it's tight and they they can't flight so they're going to fight. So it's really important to remember that when you see a dog take space and go. Do not stop. And if someone tries to stop you, just say you're training and you keep going. This is the biggest issue for people nowadays is being able to say no 
I deal with it all the time. I'm in the pet stores. People try to reach for my dog. They don't even ask me first. And I'm like, no, you can't touch them. And then it's this whole thing. And it shouldn't be this whole thing. It's about boundaries. And you'll find that dog training is all about boundaries. When, when it comes down to it, it's li- that's literally what life is about. It, um, you know, if your dog's biting you, your dog's resource guarding something from you, or he's just being an all-around brat, if you want to use that term, which I don't like to, but you know, it all comes down to what you let your dog get away with and how you let your dog treat you. And it's, it goes for the same with people, right? Like you can just easily match. There's parallels here in, in, you know, human relationships as there is dog relationships, just in the sense of, I like to say this to help people understand where I'm coming from. Like people will treat you how you let them treat you. If you're very passive, then people keep pushing. And it's a really stupid trait, I think, because it's like, why do people have to push until someone has to say no? Like, But at the same time, people don't know your boundaries. But at the same time, you can read signs of when someone's uncomfortable, right? And same with dogs. If their ears are back, they're licking their lips, uh, their tails tucked. These are all signs of being uncomfortable. So it depends on where you are at at training. But when you see a dog like this, it's important to build a relationship with them and make them feel comfortable and advocated for, which is another thing. Like if your dog, like all the things that I just described and you're letting dogs fight your dog, I can guarantee you, your dog does not feel confident with you and will probably end up fighting maybe even weeks or months down the road, but will end up fighting because you're not advocating for them. And it's important to remember this. So, you know, the biggest thing I can do for dogs when I don't have a relationship with them yet is when I'm just walking them. I'm, we're just going. I'm keeping them beside me. There's no sniffing. They're just following me. And if a dog flies at us, let's just say it's off leash in an on leash area, I'm doing everything I can to protect that dog I'm with. And when they see that, that speaks volumes. I don't even have to say anything. I'm, you know, I don't even have to say like, I got this. You can though, if you like to talk to your dog, but I, it's all in the body language and the dog goes, okay, I don't have to do anything with this person walking me. I'm completely safe. And that's what you want to do. So that's my biggest thing. So when people don't know where to start, it's, it's honestly the little things. Like when people are coming over and they're a bit uncomfortable, I say, you know, teach the place command because that is the biggest lifesavers because at least they have a spot in the house they can go to where no one can touch them. Same with the crate, but I do like having two spots because I don't like always having to resort to the crate obviously because I just um I can't always have a crate with me but I can have a bed with me right um anything else I have um about rescues yeah um I guess just be like I said about how dogs show you their true selves within a month or whatever I would just say like sometimes rescues do not tell you everything you need to know so that's another reason I say be aware because they don't always tell you they're trying to pump the dogs out and get them all out because they're getting them as fast as they're coming in right so it's important to ask questions and see what's going on and if you can handle it and if that's looking like something that you want to deal with um so that's kind of my advice there anything else I can possibly think of on the top of my head um is yeah, like, I don't know, people get it in their heads that, like I was saying how they're like, oh my god, my, you know, this poor dog, but dogs aren't like humans, they don't, they don't think like that, so when we're sitting there like crying over it, whatever they went through past trauma, of course past things will affect them, but it's our job to guide them through it and show them a different way to handle behaviors, right, a different way to handle situations and, and go, okay, we can, you're scared of this, I understand, but I'm going to show you a different way to deal with it. I'm going to show you a calmer way to face your fears and not flip out or feel like you have to bite or bark or lunge. 
So if you're dealing with any of these problems, I would definitely say get a trainer because normal dog people won't pick up on the signs. Like it's easy for me to be like, okay, if I see you walking with your dog and then, you know, we're doing a consult or whatever and I can go, okay, this, this, this. And then you're like, oh, I didn't even notice that. So it's easy to just not, I mean, if you're not in it every day to not see where the problem's lying, it's usually the biggest thing. But yeah, my goal was to keep this podcast short. I'm, I want to do one once a week at least and have some kind of topic possibly and maybe people calling in. We will see. We'll see where this goes. But anyways, that's my that's my 10-minute advice. It was actually 12 and a half minutes, but what can you do? And we'll see you next week.